Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, event sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and... uh, well, the master of music festivals, perhaps. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, music in my lifetime. Uh, I wanted to be a heavy metal drummer for so long, and uh, I kind of lived that lifestyle at a young age, which uh, really uh, made a big impression on me. Of course, um, a little follically challenged, though, so I, I guess that makes me, means I'm still alive, because if I had long hair, I think I'd be uh, somewhere else right now. But uh, um, there's a lot going on here in uh, August here in Seattle. It's, uh, it's finally some good weather. Um, and of course, it's time to get out. Sunset supper uh, is tonight. Wow! Hope you're there um, or on your way, and you can listen to the show, which is really fun. Uh, but coming up in Walla Walla next month is uh, something called Wachika, and uh, it's a uh, a music festival um, uh, helmed by a local rock and roll kind of guy, uh, Trey Bush. Uh, he's also a winemaker and uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, he owns Sleight of Hand Cellars. Uh, he's here in the studio. We're going to taste some wine, talk about the music festival, talk about Walla Walla, and uh, what's going on here uh, at his Soto Tasting Room. So let's just jump into it. Hey, Trey Bush, welcome to Happy Hour. It's great to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Saturday night in the city. Here we are. Um, You've been in the business, what? See, this is 2019, so you're 20 years? This is my 20th harvest. 20th harvest, yeah. I remember. And you started with basil. You you started with Dunham. Dunham, right. So Eric Dunham was my uh, first foray into the wine business. I met Eric through Jamie Brown from Waters Winery. Jamie was my, my... Vinyl pusher, as I like to call him. He was my, he was the guy who got me hooked on the vinyl back in the early nineties. Me like the clothing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not quite the clothing, but more like LPs, right? So uh, he had a that's record long store. play for all you young ones. <laughs> <laughs> he had a record store on Roosevelt that I used to shop at. Did he? He did. Called oh. Ruby Records, and oh, wow. um, uh, but he was from Walla Walla originally, and he moved back home in ninety seven. Did he have a head shop? Uh, he didn't have a headshot. Maybe in the back every once in a while. Um, that's also where he used to keep all the bootleg Pearl Jam CDs, which is really that's really how I met him. I was I was buying all these bootleg Pearl Jam CDs, these live shows that were they weren't done by record companies; sure. they were illegal. So Jamie had this curtain, and he'd pull the curtain back, and there was this wall of like you know Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam CDs, and uh, so that's how I met him. And he moved back home to Walla Walla. I started visiting, and through. Jamie, I met Eric, and then that relationship happened, and, and we just became great friends, and that turned into a job opportunity to leave my corporate life at Nordstrom and, and go live the farm farm life, you know? Farm well, you living. were the Cinderella man, weren't you, back then, at Nordstrom? Weren't you trying to find uh, fit that glass slipper? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what, what ended up happening, honestly, what ended up happening was a great company to work for, by the way. Um, they're still a great company to work for. But I was just so burned out. And uh, I just had a brand new baby uh, daughter who's now, she'll be 21 um, very soon, and uh, which is hard to believe. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, you know, I was working hard and waking up at five and getting home at eight and my kid was asleep when I left right. and, you know. So that was really what, was, what, what prompted me to talk to Eric and, and make that happen, so. 
That was pretty cool. And so you I, found it, a place in Walla Walla, and you nestled in and yeah. uh, got uh, running because that was the heyday. We, you know, 99, 2000 was big until, of course, the software crash or whatever it was. Right, and, right. Uh, and everybody was, you know, that was 14 wineries when I moved there, and then two years later it was like 30. And I remember Mike Dunham and Eric and I sitting around in his office. We're like, we got the new map. You know, we got the 2002 Walla Walla map, yeah. and we're like, 30 wineries. Oh my God! Can we do it? How are these wineries going to survive? Right. And uh, now we're you know 100 and whatever the number is, 160, whatever the number is. So, is it that high? Crazy. You think? It's pretty high. Yeah. Oh, I wow. Mean, so, you know, There's somebody... some good stuff out there too. Some people got some money now. Of course, with the with the market booming for the last yep. uh, decade, it seems or late years anyway. Yep. Uh, um, there's one with uh, Valdemar. Valdemar. Well, yeah. The little Spanish, the little tiny Spanish winery just opened up. Just well, you've got some neighbors down where you're at, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Rick. Rick. Yeah, Rich I got Funk. Rich Rich Funk. Savaya, I've got Tom Glaze across the street at Balboa, Barrison. Valdemar is literally a quarter mile. Um, Revelry just opened. Amavi, Vapiano. Um, Gramercy Canvas, still on that side? Canvas back. Canvas back, okay. Yeah, so the Fun. new uh, double back, I'm sorry, the new um, Duckhorn mm-hmm. project. They just took over the old Waters Winery building. Okay, that's the one I was thinking yeah. about, right? And then, of course, Pepper Bridge is down there, too. So Yeah, good company. Yeah, it's good company. And uh, you are the ambassador, but you're still making wine? Well, on a daily basis, no. Um, we hired Keith Johnson, um, who is now my production winemaker. He was um, my assistant winemaker for the first. We, that was his title for the first two or three years. Um, uh, but by I think fourteen or fifteen, we gave him the title of production winemaker, and he is my day to day guy. Uh, both Jerry and I, my business partner Jerry and I, we spend more time in the vineyards than we do in the winery. Actually, you know, sure. You know, pumping wine out of barrels into tanks and getting ready for bottling. Keith and his team. I've got um, Keith has two people under him, um, Taylor and Ellie, that work the cellar with him as well. And so um, it's it runs like a machine over there. So I don't really have to be in the winery that much. But when harvest comes along, um, I'm both Jerry and I are, are basically making that big vineyard loop because we work with Horse Seven Hills, Red Mountain, Yakima Valley, Snipes, AVA, all the way up to. Um, Ancient Lakes for the Riesling program that we're doing. Evergreen, is that a thing? Evergreen, yeah. yep. And so um, we do, we find ourselves, you know, pretty much truck drivers, glorified truck drivers doing harvest, <laughs> dropping bins off, picking bins up, uh, making picking decisions, obviously. Right. And uh, and then hauling the well, food. Well, because everyone else and, has got to be back at the at the shop, you know, doing right, the stuff. Right. And, yeah, know. yeah. And so we will, you know, go drop it off. I'll, I'll usually make two or three trips a day if I have to. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty oh, fun. That's great. Now, is uh, magic a hobby? Magic is not a hobby. Uh, the magic theme uh, is purely coincidental. Um, it was a uh, we sort of backed our way into it because the winery is called Sleight of Hand, but it's really named after a Pearl Jam song, of course. And uh, so, one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs off of the Binaural album, and um, you know, this, the story is is similar to how I um, got into the wine business um, about this guy who's on his you know he's on this path, and one day he just takes a left turn. At least that's how I, you know, kind of interpret the song. And that's kind of what I did, you know. That's how I ended up in the wine business. So, um, But because it's sleight of hand, we sort of fell into the world of vintage magic posters, which is which is why a lot of our labels look like that, although we have some music-inspired labels with the psychedelic. Did you so, find those at the Pike Place Market in that one spot downstairs? No, in the magic always, shop, yeah, which is was... really cool. Uh, I've certainly been in there a bunch, and, and we found a, a few things. But, um, you know, the inter- interweb these days, oh, you can right. find anything out there. Sure. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Only we had a handheld pocket computer, Chris. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, luckily we got uh, Madden uh, football or whatever it was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, too fun. So uh, how many varieties of wine are you making? How many expressions are you producing these days? Well, our core lineup is um, six wines. But outside of the six wines that we make um, for our core lineup, we do four single vineyard Syrahs. We also do a Grenache uh, from Upland and um, French Creek, uh, a blend of those two vineyards. And starting in 2018, uh, Weather Eye Vineyard, which is the new vineyard on top of Red Mountain that uh, Cameron Miravold. Uh, oh, really? Um, probably the most exciting vineyard project in the state of Washington. Wow. Hands down. It's molecular. So, yeah. Well, we've got, <laughs> we've got Grenache for our program, and then Keith, for his DVM la- label, is doing a Graciano Mouved Syrah blend. And uh, pretty dynamite stuff. So yeah, well, it's pretty fun to see. Uh, we are the wild, wild west yeah. of, of winemaking because we can do whatever we want. There's no uh, no rules per se, and uh, of course, with the great heat units we get, and of course, the right. annual shift, we're able to maintain acidity, but also find varieties that can take the sun and, and be expressive with uh, you know, like so you're talking about Spain, Graciano. Yeah, well, I tell you, it it. it I th- we're in the second, maybe the third wave of Washington, and I think the first few were basically how much can we plant. We know, oh, Cabernet's hot. Okay, let's plant Cabernet everywhere. Let's, we know Syrah's house, plant Syrah everywhere. Now it's, let's find the right place that's going to give you the, uh, the really unique expression for whatever varietal you're working with. And that, that's also why I love Syrah so much. That's why we make four different Syrahs. We make three single vineyards plus um, one that's mostly Lewis with a little bit of Lake Clean. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, it's fun. Uh, Syrah has, you know, what came out uh, 15 years ago as, uh, as on the front of the Spectator, and uh, we, everyone jumped on board. And, uh, of course, then the big uh, the, the world economy came to a halt. Right, right. That kind of stopped some things. Uh, but here we are now, uh, really understanding the grape and having uh, some older vine age, and, of course, an understanding from a nuanced perspective that we don't need to use much oak, right. and we really let that, that freshness express itself. Uh, and these single vineyards, are these part of In the Rock series? So, or? yeah, we've got two in the rocks. Um, we make a wine called the Psychedelic, which we're going to taste today, which is off of our estate vineyard called Stony Vine. And that's on the western edge of the rocks. And then I also still work with Rich Funk's vineyard, which is called the Funk Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And we make a wine called the Funkadelic. And that's on the eastern edge of the AVA in the rocks. That's a little warmer site and a completely different expression. So you have, I mean, there are both identifiably rocks wines. Sure, with the high but, pH and yes, the but, but the uh, psychedelic is more feminine. The funkadelic is a, a, a burlier, more masculine kind of a wine. And then the last wine is a new area. Called, uh, it's up the North Fork of the Walla Walla River. And that's a wine that we make called Spiders from Mars. And it's a, the, the, our vineyard block is called Ziggy Stardust. Oh, fun. And, um, and so that is, uh, uh, next to Weather Eye, I think, one of the most exciting and about to be Are those going to be on areas. the slopes? I was, is that where I saw some right. information? Yeah, 40, 45 degree slope, yeah. pure fracture basalt. Every hole was, every post was jackhammered in. Oh, boy. Uh, it's a really, really, you, you think you're That must have been Kalerti. union work, right? Union labor? You, yeah, union labor. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, so fun. Well, uh, you brought some wines here to taste, and we're going to talk did. about uh, uh, Wachika, which is uh, an event coming up in September. Uh, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, but let's tease some of the wines you've got here to taste. Let's do it. So we've got, uh, we're going to start with our Old Vine Chardonnay. Um, we've been working with French Creek Vineyard for the past 12 years. It was planted, the original block was a Winty Clone Chardonnay planted in 1980. And we have a two-acre block that we've been working with. And um, stylistically, we are no new oak. We are all neutral barrel. Um, we've been experimenting with concrete the 
first two vintages, the concrete has not gone into the final blend, although it's been uniquely delicious, and we've bottled it as a separate wine um, for a, a restaurant partner of ours down in, um, yeah. And then I've got the Archimage, which is our red blend. It's Cab Franc and Merlot, one of my favorite wines. Is that, what's his name? Uh, that I can see the picture. I'll talk about it later. So the Archimage is the Bordeaux blend? Ar- Archimage is our reserve blend, Cab Franc and Merlot. Okay, uh, sure. And then the Illusionist is our reserve Cabernet, and of course we have the Psychedelic uh, straw as well. Excellent. And uh, when you think about, are these 15s, 16s? I'm looking at the vintages. 15 was the hottest vintage on record. Yes, it was a, it was a warm vintage. But we had we had two vintages prior to that, 13 and 14, which were... Uh, Getting warmer. Well, they were very hot. Yeah. And um, I, we learned a lot of things in both those vintages to help mitigate some of that heat. And uh, I think we made pretty spectacular wines in 15. Do you, so how many estate vineyards do you have, or, or are you working with just long-time contract fruit? Yeah, so um, we have uh, we have a Stony Vine Vineyard, which we uh, own with Dusted Valley. Okay. And they're our partner in that. Um, and uh, we work with Mike Corliss from sure. Corliss Winery in Tranche. Uh, he is a vineyard partner uh, on three sites, well, two sites for us that are long-term contracts, 20-year land leases, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, we have our own blocks uh, within vin- vineyard land that he owns. Um, we have a block like Blue called Mountains, or are you talking Blue Mountain about? Vineyard. We have an eight-acre block of Merlot, Cab, and Cab Franc um, called Binaural Block. And we have a five-acre uh, <laughs> block on uh, Red Mountain of also Cab, Cab Franc, and Merlot um, of some of the older, blo- older vine um, cab. That used to be the... Sand Hill Winery, I believe. Yeah, Mike Sand Hill. Yeah, I mean, it's right next door to CL, right next door to Grand CL. Sure. Sand and, Hill was uh, great. I always loved it because yeah. it was, uh, um, you know, it had a crane on it, right? Was that called the Sand right. Hill Crane or yeah, something? Yeah, that's the one. Um, so fun. Now, your your uh, uh, trademark attorney must be very busy because you've got all these names, man. It's like, by by not by Arl, by Narl. By Narl, by Narl Block, yeah. Is that something with, with Oral or what is by Yeah, Narl? it's a bit of, it's a Pearl Jam album. Yeah. One of my favorite Pearl Jam albums, right? So, <laughs> one, of, one of the favorite, on. right? One of all of them. Right. Yes. One, of, one of the, yeah, I don't know how many... They, they need another one soon, I'll tell you that. Okay. Well, <laughs> gosh, you know, we're getting old. And <laughs> they got the greatest hits already. Uh, give me a website. Uh, com. S-O-F-H. Yeah, a slight of hand. Slight of hand sellers.com. Cool. Hey, speaking with Trey Bush, who is, uh, well, he's psychedelic and in the studio. Uh, we've got some wines to taste and a cool uh, concert series to talk about when we come back right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, welcome back. Time for round two, and uh, I got two cool cats in the studio. One is me, <laughs> the other is Trey Bush, founder of Sleight of Hand Cellars, been making wine here for 20 years, and uh, he's getting into the concert business. But right now we've got... The Enchantress Chardonnay 2016. This is from French Creek uh, Vineyard. Is that in Yakima? Where is French Creek? It's Yakima Valley, but it's the far eastern edge of the valley. So it's getting kind of close to Red Mountain, um, probably about uh, eight miles of the crow flies. Um, But it's still a relatively cool site. Um, It sits on a nice gentle slope, and there's a canyon right below it. And uh, the reason these vines are still alive today 
40 years later uh, and has not been subjected to all the hard freeze that we've had over the, you know, over those 40 years, uh, 96, 04. Um, is because of the fact that it does have a nice slope and that canyon pulls all the cold air away. And yeah, so, cold air is kind of cool to see like out. really big vines. You just don't see them that often. So interesting. So what do those those vines crop these days? I mean, what's the tonnage you yield oh, you're getting it's, it's, off of? I'm, we're three and a half to four ton to the acre. No problem out there. So you know, it's old school farming. It's like uh, ten foot wide rows by six <laughs> yeah. foot wide spacing. So it's you know six hundred and something plants per acre okay um, so yes but uh, those plants are super healthy so. they must be if you're getting yep. that much fruit out of it too yep. Yep. so when you pick uh chardonnay and chardonnay is one of those grapes that uh there's a lot made in the world it's um, really a kind of a chameleon because you can do a lot to it uh i tasted this this seems pretty fruit driven pure pure you got some uh nice moderate plus acidity here uh is it special yeast uh, no, everything's native in the winery, and so uh, reds and whites were native across the board. Um, this one, this saw partial mallow. Uh, we pick on the early side uh, for our, our white wine program, um, and so we're trying to capture that acidity. And um, again, depending on vintage, uh, we'll monitor ML in the cellar. And when the wine basically feels right, and it is surly aged and neutral oak. Okay. Um, yeah, I was there's say. no new wood on this again. Um, uh, when we, uh, yeah, we'll you know go through and, and stir the couple, first couple months. When it's there texturally, we'll stop ML at that point. And, um, How do you do that? Chill it? Uh, uh, temperature and SO2. SO2, okay. And so we'll actually, you know, because it didn't, didn't see any SO2 until we actually hit it up with, you know, right, to begin to stop ML. Interesting. Uh, it's delicious. Uh, I'm impressed. This is what, your ninth vintage, 10th vintage of Chardonnay? Yeah, well, let's see. It's, uh, 07, so uh, okay. I'll let you do the math. 7 oh, to 16, sure, that's 10th vintage. 10, that would be 10. Boom, yeah. shakalaka. Go. Good stuff. All right, uh, now the Archimage. It reminds me of, um, what's her, he's an actor. It, 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 but it's not him. It's that, not that, him. That's a different wine. Yeah, okay. That's the Condra. Well, no, it's, oh, is it? Yeah, the Condra has Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is actually our label designer, a guy named Felix Hopkins, uh, Professor Felix in Denver. He designed all of our magic labels, and that's a self-portrait of him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll think of his you. name here, but uh, this smells great. Uh, this yeah. obviously got some new oak on it. Cap, yeah, a little bit of wood. It's um, 57 Cap Franc, 43 Merlot. Uh, this is my version, as my homage to uh, Cheval Blanc, mm. um, which is, of course, one of the great wines in the world. Um, it's uh, been priced out of my uh, wallet for a long, long, long time. And, well, you're uh, spending your money on Pearl Jam. Uh, that's the, <laughs> like exactly, Grateful right? Dead tapes from the hey, shows. <laughs> priorities, Chris. Come right. on. Anyway, yeah, um, but yeah, Cap Franc, I think it's a fantastic uh, grape for Washington. Um, obviously, Merlot does well here, but Cap Franc, I think, has been underrated. And uh, we've done a couple hundred percent Cap Francs for a reserve wine. Um, but uh, essentially, we save our best barrels for this wine. This is really well balanced. I'm surprised. 2015 being hot, obviously, you've got some chops. You've got some history and experience um, understanding fruit and acidity and balancing and pH. Uh, I was always concerned that, you know, Washington, we were we had to correct our wines to some degree mm -hmm. because we were looking for ripe and scores and things like that. So, But that, that correctness never lasted into the sixth, seventh, eighth year, it was like fifth. They're like, okay, it's, it's, but this seems like it's perfectly balanced, and I can tell. And I'm a good taster, so I know that um, this seems like very, very natural acidity. There's, no, I don't think you, yeah, no, added we, anything we, to this. We're, again, we're working with multiple vineyard blocks as well, and so the one vineyard block I forgot to mention was uh, Finney Hill. We have a five-acre oh. estate block there called Eileen's Block, named after Jerry's mother. That's Cabernet mostly, a little bit of Cap Franc, but um, having three separate sites, having a Walla Walla vineyard a Red Mountain Vineyard, and a Horse Seven Hills Vineyard allows you to 
blend a balanced wine. If you're just relying right. on Red Mountain, there may be a vintage where you're like, well, this is all we have. And it was hot vintage. I'm not to, have to you know, either acidify up front. I may have to acidify post-fermentation. Um, uh, yeah, a little water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually, well, yeah. yeah we won't talk about that stuff. Um, pretty <laughs> fun. Uh, let's let's jump into uh, Wachika. So you had this idea for a music festival. Tell me about it. Yeah. So I've been thinking about, you know, I'm a huge music fan. And have, um, uh, in a, if I had any musical skills, I'd be playing an instrument just like you would be a drummer for a heavy metal band. I mean, yes. would be the lead guitar player for someone, but I had never really picked up the instrument, and so I've just been a fan all my life. And um, I've been, we've been dabbling with music and having live events at our winery in Walla Walla for, you know, the past 10 years, but I've been talking about doing a music festival for a while. And my good friend from Sonoma, Jeff Bunshu from Gunlock Bunshu Winery, one of the oldest wineries in North America, uh, has a festival in Sonoma called Wachika. And Jeff came to visit Walla Walla last year. He sat on a panel for uh, Celebrate Walla Walla, which is an event we have every every June. And I spent two days with Jeff driving him around the valley, and we spent 90% of the time talking about music and his festival. And I said, God, Jeff, I've been trying to have a festival up here um, you know, for years. And he's like, well, you know, we just started doing it on the East Coast in the Hudson Valley. There's no reason that they couldn't take Wachika and move it up to Walla Walla because he came up for Gentleman of the Road as well, which was four really? years earlier. Yes. And oh, wow. uh, so he and he fell in love with the town back then. So what we needed to find, because Wachika is really about celebra- celebrating the family. It's about it's not only about music, but it's a family friendly event that's about celebrating family farms. Jeff's been farming his family's fifth generation since 1858. And uh, it's a long time on the same piece of property. And for him, the music festival was a celebration of their family land and the family farm. And w- the Hudson Valley version is also on a farm. It's New York. In New York. And, of course, we have a lot of farms in Walla Walla. And so we, uh, through a friend of mine, was put in touch with a, a lady named Cheryl Hansen, who her family came over on the wagons also in the 1850s to Walla Walla. And they've been wheat farmers for uh, that entire time, five generations of wheat farmers. And she has a beautiful 50-acre piece of property around her house. That's not what they farm. It's just an open lot that uh, is in this valley uh, called Copiai Creek, and it's about uh, 15 minutes from downtown Walla Walla. And so we're having a festival on Cheryl's farm celebrating her family farm with some just killer live music. We've got Yola Tango. The Fruit Bats, uh, the Alalas. Um, <laughs> we've got Robin Hitchcock. Oh, wow. Uh, Destroyer, uh, Minus Five with Peter Buck. So we've got some killer bands coming. And Two um, days, right? Two days, September 13th and 14th. And uh, I understand that single tickets are now on sale, right? They went on sale just... this morning. Right. Yeah, so you can buy single-day tickets, but no one's going to drive the Walla Walla go for one day. You know you're going to no. go for two days, right? right. So there's camping on the property. Um, there'll be campsites. Um, it's just going to be it's going to be incredible. We're going to have our wines. We'll have um, uh, Jeff's wines from Gunlock Bunchu, and we're bringing Ashley Trout, yeah, uh, in on board because her foundation uh, in Walla she raised Crock and Bull. Well, she or has wait. she has Vital Vital and yes. Vital is a hundred percent. It's a five hundred one 
3C Foundation that uh, donate their money to uh, what's called SOS, and it's a health care for a lot of the uh, vineyard workers. Sure. And um, so we brought her on board as our 501 partner so we can donate some money back to them. Yeah, I always wanted my parents to, because uh, one, one dad, ear, nose, and throat, and mom's an oral surgeon, Dennis, so you know, we could do a little clinic. Say, yeah, you got to get, get back there and you know look at right. some teeth. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. They haven't taken me up on that invitation yet. <laughs> uh, what's the website? Uh, Wachika. So uh, Wachika is spelled H-U-I-C-H-I-C-A. And uh, Wachika.com. H-U-I-C-H-I-C-A. Right, like Chica. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah what? But, but H-U-I is spelled what? Wachika. <laughs> Wachika. Uh, September 13th, 14th, you can camp. Um, are there, are there, will there be... Uh, um, Food trucks. Transportation from maybe downtown? Are you going to have some buses? Nothing or? yet, but we've been looking into that. There's sure. a huge field for parking. Um, but yes, we are talking to um, some transportation companies about getting people back and forth safely. If they want to, if they want to get an Airbnb in, a, in downtown Walla Walla, or they want to get a hotel room instead of camping, um, certainly that's encouraged. We expect probably seventy percent of our people will be staying in Walla Walla. Yeah, and then thirty percent will come out and camp. Right, and uh, it's it'll be relatively warm, right? And, and harvest you know, will mid, be going mid, on mid too. September, I imagine mid September starts to cool off. And, um, yeah, harvest is in full swing. Um, you know, the, the, the event didn't really start until kind of mid-afternoon. So it kind of gives you the morning to explore Walla Walla, Friday morning and Saturday morning, all day Sunday, of course. Um, you know, head down to our tasting room on the south end or walk around downtown. And How many people are you expecting, you think? We're hoping for about 1,000 people. All right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. humble so beginnings. Be a, we want to, it's, it's more of a micro festival. It's more, think of it more like a big wedding rather than a music festival. So. <laughs> the big fat wedding. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but with more well-behaved, more well-behaved people. Well, maybe they'll be singing and drinking and dancing. Uh, so fun. It's Wachika, uh, H-U-I-C-H-I-C-A dot com, September 13th and 14th, South and Walla Walla. So get your tickets. You can get a one-day ticket, a two-day ticket. You can plan a camping uh, or uh, get your hotel rooms now or, you know, just... Pl- Sleep in your car for all. You can do that <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and they'll have food trucks and um, lots of fun and a lot of bands. So two full days. What time does it start? Like one o'clock? Or yeah, is it... I think uh, day one starts at like two on right. Friday, and then I believe maybe the first one goes on at noon on on Saturday. Okay, the Sunday yeah. is, is really Sunday's off day. day. Nothing's going on Sunday. Yeah, yeah what they call exactly. it rehab. Right. Yeah. yeah. So fun. Uh, sitting with Trey Trey Bush from uh, Sleight of Hand Cellars, talking about uh, some great uh, well Wachika, and uh, we got some more wine to taste. So stick around. Be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm getting happy here with my pal Trey Bush, who is a music fanatic. Uh, and also a wine fanatic. Uh, he's got sleight of hand sellers with some really fun labels. The Enchantress Chardonnay from 2016. Uh, the Archimage, which is a Cab Franc Merlot blend, also from 2015. Beautifully balanced. And now we're on to the Illusionist. Right. So this is our Reserve Cabernet. Um, and it's a, a really a core fruit around this is Red Mountain and Blue Mountain uh, vineyards. So Walla Walla, Red Mountain, uh, AVAs. Um, predominantly Cabernet. There's 10% Cab Franc, 5% Petit Verdot. 
sees about 60% new French in barrel for 20 months. And, um, you know, you touched on balance earlier with uh, the first two wines. And um, that's, that is our goal uh, from the winery. We are not looking to make the biggest, oakiest wines in Washington State. We're, we want to make wine that we can drink in 20 years and, and then pat ourselves on the back with. <laughs> um, but thankfully, with Washington, uh, we do get so much sunshine that these wines don't take 20 years to come around. They're delicious upon release. And I think they age gracefully, and they hold on to their fruit for a long, long time. I haven't had your um, wines in a while, and this is really refreshing to taste, uh, to see how you handle some hot vintages, and also how, how definitely you keep the typicity and characteristics of uh, the actual grapes that go into it. Smelling this Cabernet Sauvignon, I'm like, wow, you, you were able to get some of those, I want to call them green notes, but it's herbal. Uh, the, the herbal, the yeah. thyme, a little tobacco. It's right. just It's got some of that evergreen in there, like, hey, that's Cabernet. Yeah, I mean, that's the, isn't that the point? Don't you, if you buy a ball of cab, don't you want it to taste like Cabernet? Well, you I know, do, so. but you know, I'm, I know. I'm a wine. Some people love, you know, uh, a bottle of oak juice, and that's fine too. But, Vanilla uh, oak juice, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, tasty. Yeah. Um, what do these run? What are some of the price points? You're yeah, in the thirty-five so the, dollar range. The charge twenty-eight bucks. Uh-huh. The Archimage and Illusionist are both fifty-two. And then when we move on to the psychedelic, we retail that for sixty bucks. That's one of wow. our most expensive wines that we make. But, but that's um, because uh, that that is really difficult land to, to farm, right? You're talking about terrible. rocks. Yeah, really hard. I mean, it's an ankle ankle breaker down there. So uh, hard on equipment. Um, mm. But the rocks district of Milton Free Water AVA. Say that three times quickly. Three times quickly. Uh, three times. <laughs> <laughs> or that that that. <laughs> um, it uh. It makes, uh, in my opinion, the most um, distinctive Syrahs in North America. When you smell a wine from the rocks, you know exactly where that wine is from. Well, if you know what wine from the rocks smells if you've like, had, yes. If you've had one wine from the rocks in your entire lifetime, and three or four years later you smell another wine, you will know exactly where that wine is from. It's absolutely nuts. It's uncanny yeah. how much personality is, is in the aroma and in the flavor profile. Uh, and it's an old riverbed. It's the old Wawal Riverbed, right. and um, it was used to be planted with, what, apple trees or something? Yeah, or? apples and cherries and apricots and yeah. you name it. And it still is. I mean, it, honestly, the, the AVA itself, if you follow the rocks, it's, you know, Eighty percent other things, and then there's just twenty percent um, grapes down there. So there really is just you know there's a, there's a lot of a land available, but it's I shouldn't not available to purchase. But there's a lot of land that still hasn't been planted to grapes. Right, it's still other things. Yeah, but you know those farmers have been farming apples for years. Why would they rip them out and and uh, plant a vineyard? So well, because someone came in and offered uh, well, <laughs> which is happening, which is happening. So uh, I'm just taking a taste of this. I don't see the vintage. Is this 16 or 16? Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Just a the hint of new oak, 25% new wood. Uh, again, all native. That sees a lot of stems, about 60% whole cluster. Is that something you took on later in your winemaking uh, philosophy to add stems? Because yeah, it, it seems. It, it did that after I left Basil. So when I, I had done them at two years, Basil Cellars for five years, sleight of hand in 07. Starting in the 09 vintage, when I first started working with Funk, uh, Rich Funk's Vineyard, uh, to make the Funkadelic, 09 was my first vintage. Uh, in my head, I honestly thought, okay, what would Christoph do? <laughs> because, you know, Christoph at Cayuse is, he's the, you know, the guy who discovered that region and makes some of the hardest to get wines in Washington State for sure. And so, and I love those wines and that style. And so in my head, I'm like, well, for sure he's native. He probably does a lot of stems. So the first vintage of the funk was one third whole cluster. We foot crushed it. And I remember bringing the fruit in a rich funk. We were making our wine at his winery because mm-hmm. we had not built our winery yet next door. And, um, Rich brought his fruit in. We brought our fruit in. 
we jumped in and started foot crushing our bin. And Rich looked at us like, "What in the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and and then our we you know native ferment, and so you'd walk by our fermentation bin every day, and it smelled like prosciutto. I mean, like it was non-fruit aromas coming right. off the ferment, which would scare a lot of people because you typically that's like, you know reductive, and but that that wine wants to be reductive. Syrah in general wants to be reductive anyway, and I like the savory components of the grape. And I think doing those things helps elevate those savory things. It's truly a unique uh, flavor profile for most from out of the grapes in the, in the world because you get that savory, the pepper, the jerky, the rotundon, which uh, really gives you the cured meat aspect of it. And uh, with the fruit profile being purple fruits, um, right. it, it, it's, it's weird balance. It really works. Yeah, it's like plums. And, and then texturally, they're weird wines because they have a really high pH. You're looking at like 4.1 which is just off the charts high. but Because you think microbially you would have some challenges, right? You, you for sure can have challenges with but that. If you're not on, you have to keep your wine, keep your barrels topped. You know, you, you can't honestly add enough SO2 in barrel to keep that wine from um, spoilage. You just have to keep it, keep a clean cellar. Um, yeah. uh, to, you know, the, the rule of thumb is uh, if you're at 3.XXPH, and that XX, let's say it's 5, sure. then the rule of thumb in UC Davis These is parts. you have to keep 50 parts per million. Yeah. And so, too, well, that'd be 120 parts if it was 4.1 or 110 right. parts. And that's a lot. No one's going to do that. And we, then you've we, got nah, we keep more it at 30, keep a cold, Keep a cold cellar and uh, keep that stuff out of there. So. Now this label is different because it's uh, is this the one off label? It looks like a record player. And I remember like in the day you had that cute little battery operated record player. You're still uh, running around with that. No, thing? no, that's, I put that's that thing to bed. A Fisher I've Price. Got, uh, the Funkadelic, Psychedelic, and Spiders from Mars all have the same label designed by my good friend Dave Place, who's a graphic artist and a musician, a uh, great bass player. Uh, but he, we, I wanted this to look like uh, vintage. Uh, rock poster from the 60s and 70s. So you got the big bubble letters, and then you've got the vinyl. The eye from Psychedelic comes out to be uh, the yes. arm of the record. And um, yeah, so. is there a purple haze already? Did someone do a purple haze uh, Syrah or something? There's probably, I'm sure there's a purple yeah. haze out there somewhere. Pretty fun. All right, so uh, great wines. Congratulations. Good to taste. 20 years in the biz, and yeah. you uh, are what you're making? What 3,500 cases? 4, yeah, close cases? to that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or 10. Sure. We make okay. 10,000 cases of wine. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. Right. That's why you're out and about doing all the fun stuff. Exactly. And you can uh, pool your talents to put on uh, Wachika, which is September 13th and 14th out in Walla Walla be at the Cheryl Hansen Farm. Now, uh, website is uh, Wachika.com. Yeah, Wachika.com for the, for the, for the festival and, and S of H sellers for the So winery. same price for kids since it's a family thing? Uh, under 12 is free. Okay. And um, uh, How but, about yeah. mentally under 12? Does that work? <laughs> Get on yeah. Yeah. Maturity level. <laughs> Maturity level. So fun. Uh, well, Trey Bush, what a treat. Good to have you here on Happy Hour Radio, and uh, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me, Chris. Hey, folks, stick around. we got lots more coming up. One of the passionate things we have here in the Northwest is cider, and cider is really um, one of America's uh, uh, longest-lived uh, and uh, original alcoholic beverages. Johnny Appleseed, you've heard me say that before. He was helping plant cider apples so everyone could <laughs> make it through the winter and enjoy a little bit of, um, have that something to relax. 
We didn't have a lot of amenities back then. Everything was really hard. Uh, these days, perhaps we have too many amenities. But uh, when you think about cider, I know that you think about what? You think about heritage cider, where something might be a little bit bitter and a little bit acidic and a little uh, very interesting and complex. Um, not sure if you like it. Or you're thinking, hey, I like that semi-sweet cider because it reminds me of apple juice and it's got a little kick. Regardless, there's an opportunity coming up, uh, and it happens every year. It's Cider Summit. It's taking place in September. And it's down at the uh, Armory. Oh, wait. No, the Mohai. It's down in Mohai uh, on South Lake Union. Uh, it's super cool. My friend Alan Shapiro hosts that event. He helps, works with the Northwest Cider Association, NWCider.com. And uh, that's a chance to, A, first of all, meet some passionate people. B, taste some fantastic products that are grown from agriculture here from the Northwest. Um very few people, if any, are importing apples from someplace else. So this is stuff that stays here, it's grown here, it's drank, drunk here, drank here, <laughs> and it's also delicious. So anything you want to know about cider, it's coming up. It's uh, Washington Cider Week, September 5th through the 15th. Uh, you can get details at northwestcider.com. I'm going to have uh, Executive Director Emily Ritchie coming up here on the next uh, segment, and we're going to talk about some of the cool programs they have, but here's what I imagine. Uh, there's so much cider to taste that this is a great chance to to taste, find something you like, and then taste cider that you're not sure how to like it. I think that's that's part of our um, maturation as uh, uh, an imbiber. We learn to understand scotch, right? Because I didn't like scotch when I was 12. I remember pulling pulling out of my dad's liquor cabinet and go, boy, Lafroig scotch was terrible. <laughs> You're not supposed to like it back then. But now I kind of like Lafroig. It only took 30-some uh, years for me to get there. But it's also about education to understand what that is, what those flavors come from, and how it's made. Uh, and i got Emily Ritchie coming up here. So uh, stick around if you're interest, interested in cider and or perry and or both. Um, I've got it coming up right here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for our fourth and final segment. And I have the lovely uh, Emily Ritchie, the executive director of the Northwest Cider Association, to talk about Washington Cider Week coming up next month. Hey, Emily, welcome to Happy Hour. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, good to have you. I know that uh, we're going to spend some more time next week uh, talking about uh, great cider. Um, But gosh, I know you were in town and I wanted to grab you quickly. Uh, Northwest Cider Week, this is the ninth vintage, so to speak, right? Of Washington Cider Week. Yes, our ninth vintage indeed. And uh, I know we don't use vintage in, in the cider world. What do we use? I use the word vintage because there isn't a cider equivalent. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Very good. I just want to be sure that I have the right vernacular, the Ciderage. right syntax. <laughs> Ciderage. Um, you've been part- uh, the executive director for four years, and, and you come back from an agricultural background. Uh, how many different ciders do you think you've tasted in, the, in your life? Oh, gosh. 
uh, maybe close to a thousand. A thousand ciders. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't count them. It's just more fun if you don't count. <laughs> uh, right, right. Well, you know, it's funny. I was good at math and I played with a lot of Legos, so I, I got numbers coming all over my mind. Um, it's kind of like that one movie with uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a cider, uh, Washington Cider Weeks coming up. Tell me some of the uh, events you've got going on. What are some of the, the variations of, of getting involved and participating? Yeah, Washington Cider Week is really a, a lovely moment in time. It's in September, right? So apples are starting to ripen. Um, you can you start getting your fresh fall harvest. And the cider makers are ready to celebrate that. So there are probably about 70 or 80 events that will take place from September 5th to the 15th. And they're really events that are designed to be fun and easy for you to try a lot of local ciders made here in the Northwest. Whether um, you're walking through an orchard, sipping cider made um, right in that orchard, or there are cider pairing dinners where um, cider makers are going to team up with a good chef in town and they'll serve you multiple courses with a different cider paired to maybe it's a lamb asado or something. And you really see how the, the flavors can be different and pull and um, and really wow you and what fermented apple can taste like because it's a huge variety, just like with wine, right? Like when you ferment a fruit juice, you can get a huge, huge variety. Um there's also, I know Whole Foods is going to do a cheese and cider pairing night. Um, I, I r- routinely talk to cheese makers and cheese vendors who say cider is the easiest drink to pair with cheese because it's just so... Um, it's so easy to um, to get a different flavor and just get it right. Whereas wine, I think you can have these magical pops. Um, I, I find it harder to, to do. So Whole Foods is going to walk us through some specific um, cheese pairings with Cascadia Creamery, our local favorites. Mm. Um, so it's like fruit and cheese. I mean, it makes sense because apples are fruit. I know grapes are fruit, but grapes, fruit, uh, wine doesn't taste like grapes so much. But apple ciders and perries taste like the fruits they come from. Yeah, they can. Um, they can also taste incredibly dry. Or um, But you still get be... that essence. There's that, There's okay, this essence. is very, very reminiscent. So you poured me some of this dragon head uh, uh, perry, which still tastes like pears. It still has that essence of pear, yes. yes. So it does, yeah, it does go very well with cheese and Cascadia. You can't go wrong. With are their many cheese. of these events? I mean, are there some that are? are uh, approachable i mean as aka free or is everything oh, sort of yeah. A, yeah yeah there will be events at capital cider for example they might do flights where you can come in and get a huge variety of ciders to try and find the style you like there's so many cider styles out there but people haven't found their favorites yet i i think with it being such a new category we know beer right like we know whether or not we like an ipa or we know we like Syrah wines. But um, with cider, there's a lot less knowledge. So it's easy to go in and just order a flight and taste somewhere like that. And there's some great cideries here that offer those flights. And there will be festivals. There will be orchard tours. There will be you know bike rides, etc. So there's, there's going to be a huge variety whether you're paying for an event or it's free. I see, and so the the whole uh, the website will be up and uh, populated with events um, in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, probably at the end of August. WashingtonCiderWeek.org will have a calendar of events there. Oh, I see. So there's NorthwestCider.com and WashingtonCiderWeek.org. Both will link you to the same place in the end. Okay, very good. And I like the fact that you've got some free events because. 
it's a, it's an easy you know there's it's a low investment right you don't have to worry about making a reservation which I think Seattle is has <laughs> very challenged at <laughs> yes. and you don't have to worry about losing you know not getting a refund or losing your ticket and going mobile uh, right. so it's Washington. Ciderweek.org. WashingtonCiderweek.org. And it's September 5th through the 15th. Yeah, it's coming right up. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we got the chance to tease it right after Labor Day. Emily Richie, great to have you. I'll see you next week, and we'll talk more about some of these cool events. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me again at Happy Hour Radio. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, folks, uh, I got a little Perry in my glass and uh, a little smile on my face, and so life is good. And when you're out and about going to uh, Washington Cider Week uh, or a restaurant or bar, remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.